Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. Dina Dixon. Uh, I am sitting here today with Mrs. Dixon. She is the president of the Ranchman's Club. Welcome, Dina. Hello. Glad to be here. And so happy to have you here. So Dina is, uh, is really upholding a beautiful piece of history in Calgary. And the Ranchman's Club dates back to the 1890s, and it started in a boxcar. And uh, the rooms were leased above a restaurant on Stephen Avenue. And on May 5th, the pack of Western Wolves formally established the Ranchman's Club. At the time, the population of Calgary was about 3,876, to be exact. Fast forward to today, our growing population is just over 1.6 million. We've had many leaps and bounds since then. And in 2019, Dina was elected the first female president at the Ranchman's Club. So we're going to dive right in. Okay. Can you tell us, uh, for our listeners who are unfamiliar, what exactly the Ranchman's Club is? The Ranchman's Club originally was a business club, and it was a place where people could go and conduct business. Um, It was really founded on a lot of privacy and and maintaining that sort of British club culture that people loved at that time, refined dining as well as social. So a place to meet, get together with friends, business associates. But it is, it, it's a private club that I, I guess primarily founded on our business heritage in Calgary. Yeah. And was it like probably more for men way back in the day? Absolutely. <laughs> it was started by men and it was a men's club for many, many years. There were women associate members and one of our um, more illustrious female members early in the years was um, Marmy Hess and she was an amazing woman in Calgary and she became an associate member in the 1920s, I want to say, and maintained her membership really until the last 10 years or so when she passed away at 100 years of age. So an incredible woman, member of our club for a long, long time. Wow. Well, my first introduction to the Ranchmans was really through the estate, which is the condo towers that is attached to the Ranchmans Club. And I'm going to let you give us a little bit of that history and how that happened. And um, I have a a friend that said, you know, uh, you should really come in as my guest. We'll have lunch. I got to see Conrad Black speak. Uh, That was great. He was a guest. And, uh, but I had lunch with my friend and I remember I, I, it was funny. I had just had Ophelia, uh, and I, I don't know what I was thinking first child. And so two days later, after I had Ophelia and, uh, a fifth degree or a second degree terror, sorry, <laughs> I go to meet my friend for lunch thinking that I can handle this. So I, I remember sitting through the lunch with David and I was in excruciating pain <laughs> That was my first experience with the Ratchman's Club. And then I've been to many events there throughout the years. And so when did it really transition from being this men's club into an introduction to women? Well, women have always been members either as associates with their husbands or partners for many years. But the first female members who became shareholders or um, members, full members of the club, that happened in the early 90s. 
And then really ever since then, women have been involved on the board. Um, we've had several women members go on and be part of the committee of management and the governance. And uh, yeah, so, and now approximately our membership's approximately 30% women. Wow, which is, I think, really good. Yeah, it's growing and we're getting more and more interest. And so how are you getting the word out there to um, Calgarians about the Ranchman's Club? And what, do you, what are you looking for uh, when you're trying to find members? Not that you're recruiting, but when somebody comes to you, you know, do you have criteria to be a member? No, there's no criteria. Simply a, a desire or interest to attend some of the various special events that you've mentioned, like spe- speaker series or we'll end up having premier's dinners. We often have our, our fellow members who come from all aspects. We'll, we'll do speakers lunches or breakfasts so you can learn about other, other issues or businesses within the city or organizations. So it, there's really no criteria to be a member other than put your application forward and then you, you need to get two people to sponsor you who are already members at the club. And so how did this position um, fall upon you? Ah, well, I, we joined the club, my husband and I, about, uh, gosh, over 10 years ago, I think now. And at that time, um, my husband was in, we wanted to expand our social circle primarily. That's really what we were looking to do was meet people and connect. And my husband wanted to play bridge and billiards. And then I got involved with the, a couple of the committees and was helping out with golf committees and we have fishing. I mean, there's so many different things that go on at the club. Um, and then I got tapped on the shoulder to join the committee of management. And at that time, I had stepped away some, from some other volunteer things that I was doing. So I had the time. And then through that, uh, the opportunity to become the president evolved. And then, so ha- you've been the president for, I guess it's going on f- almost... Two the- years. Okay, two, two years. years. Yep. Sorry, 2019. <laughs> and so in that time, what, what is your role as the president? It's really to chair and, and lead uh, the committee of management from a governance perspective and work closely with the general manager. That, of course, has really been turned around this last year where we didn't stay strictly on governance because operationally things shifted so drastically. We've had some changes in our senior executive team at the club and um, really exciting times for us. We're teaming up with a local restaurant in the city who are joining us at the club. So um, the gentlemen from Vonderfels are coming to our club to be our new general manager and our head chef. So we're so excited where this can go forward for us, both as both those individuals joining our team, as well as the, uh, the club itself, the dining experience at the club. Well, I've heard amazing things about Vonderfels. I've heard the food is amazing. And admittingly, I haven't been there partially because we've you know been closed for a while but anybody who has ever gone they have just raved about the experience and the drinks I guess are quite phenomenal as well. Yes so we're really excited to have their team joining us at the club. What are some of your favorite facts and things about the Ranchman's Club? Oh my gosh there's so many fun things to talk about. There's incredible traditions that we have at the club one is that every time you come into the club for lunch or dinner there's always bread and cheese put down at your place and the reason for that is it started in the Depression era when sometimes a member may or may not have had the funds to pay for lunch. But no matter what, you always are at any meal at the Ranchman's Club, you are always served bread. And the bread used to come from the Palliser Hotel. We've evolved that, but uh, it was a French baguette. And now the cheese is uh, a Canadian white cheddar. And it's 
tradition and it's mm. just part of our history. Um, other fun facts are that anytime there's a special meal or dinner, the, the dinner bell gets rung and everybody goes in for dinner. There's a lot of lovely tradition at the club and a lot of great history about the city and Alberta. I think one of the really fun things that I love to share is that the club was actually incorporated before the province of Alberta existed. So we are incorporated in the Northwest Territories. That adds a whole interesting element of stuff when it comes to governance that we aren't incorporated in this province. But we love it. That's part that of our work? history. How does that even work? <laughs> we get around it. It works. We make that's it work. So it's so interesting. Lovely. Yeah. So, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's history. It is history. You it's... were established before the province of Alberta was. Yeah. Not many, not many uh, uh, organizations can say that. No, no. So it's, it's good. And so talk to us about the age of your membership, because typically, you know, when I think about some of the older historic clubs, even throughout Canada, the membership has always been older. But from the research that I've done, I do, I, it sounds like that your, your membership is really starting to evolve and you are starting to attract a lot of younger members. Can you speak to that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we definitely have our members who have been with the club for a long time, and those are really important individuals at our organization. They, um, and, and, and the younger members enjoy meeting them. With I think with our new general manager and chef coming on board, that's going to draw some attention and excitement, and the younger generation will be more interested. Um, we're hoping to do a bit of a facility rejuvenation as well, too, that we're working on. And I'm excited to, I can't announce anything specific there, but, you know, things are changing. And, and I think that coming out of uh, this pandemic, one of the things we're really looking towards is creating a place where you can come, you can work, you can meet, you can have coffee. That space would evolve ultimately into more of a cocktail lounge, dinner, dining in the evening. So, but still have that traditional and historical feel that we're, that we love as our, as the membership. So you taking over and have you had, like, I can only imagine when you have an, um, an organization that has really been around that long, there's probably a lot of deep rooted traditions, but as you know, we are in a new era from what we were in, in 1890 and things evolve and change. And if, have you had some challenges kind of getting, getting the club out of the old and bringing, introducing some of the new? Absolutely. There's, I mean, anytime there's change in an organization, that's difficult sometimes for people to wrap their brain around. For all of us, that's just, I Absolutely. think that's human nature. But I, one of the things, you know, is jeans, denim, wearing denim to the club. It has never been allowed, but we introduced it a few years ago. And now I can see us allowing denim more freedom because it's part of the new work culture mm. and we must adapt. Many years ago, people, gentlemen had to wear ties and uh, it, all the time at the club. That's gone away. So I, I see stuff continuing to evolve. We've never allowed people to have their work tablets or papers on the tables before. But post-COVID, I can see where we are looking to create space where that, where that can happen and where people can have a meeting. So do you have a no cell phone policy then when you're in parts of the club? Absolutely. Certainly yeah. in our dining room, no cell phones. We have gone to allowing discrete texting mm -hmm. because people just can't be without their <laughs> cell phones anymore. That, that, I think that ship has sailed culturally. Yeah. Well, that is so funny because when, when Chad and I were looking at joining a golf club, I love the Calgary Golf and Country Club. Yeah. And I was there uh, with a function for EO and I was just in the foyer and this lady walks out and she's like, you cannot be on your cell phone. 
phone here. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go out into the parking lot. She's like, no, you can't be on your cell phone on the premises. And I, I so I, I hang up my call and I call my husband when I get in my car. I'm like, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> So we joined at Earl Grey, but it's so true. Like a lot of these clubs have these very traditional rules and you, I mean, unless they evolve and change, you have to decide, you know, if that's going to work for you. Well, and I think that's, it's a fine balance of maintaining that tradition and also that quiet, right? Mm -hmm. That we don't really have that space where there isn't somebody on the phone. So allowing the discreet texting is okay with us but we wouldn't ever i don't ever see the club allowing somebody on their cell phone in their dining room yeah and that's fair i mean that's the that's part of the you know the sacred aspect of the club yeah so yeah i can appreciate that (laughs) so i I totally appreciate your comment (laughs) what do you mean like not even in the parking lot nope (laughs) what are you hoping to bring to the club in the years to come well, my tenure as president ends here pretty quickly. So, but what I have done in the last two years is I'm my my goal really was um, it was very different when I started, but then the pandemic hit. So my 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 objectives or my goals have changed in the last two years. And now, really, what I'm my I, my hope is that I leave the club with a strong leadership team coming in to get going and moving us forward. Um, the moving forward with a, a new facility area upgrade and um and ultimately we're in a a strong financial position and uh and recognizing the members who have stayed at the club during the pandemic that that's you know you can't really the team that you work with at the club your employees and then also also your membership those are really what make the club amazing Mm, yes well and i'm sure your members are your members because they love the club and absolutely you know so to not be able to use the facility and see their friends especially when you're older and more isolated that's probably been very difficult for them I think it has been I mean certainly I can speak you know just even my own family members mm-hmm. have have had challenges with that so I think that the club is a, is such a social and vibrant place and you might initially enjoy for work when you're in your the midst of your career but then you stay because you do become involved mm-hmm. in the bridge or the billiards or the just make friends mm-hmm. and have a, a really strong social network and community. I think that's a big part of what mm-hmm. it's become for me as a community. Well, and we touched briefly in the beginning, but I, I'd love uh, for you to share with our listeners the history of the condos beside it. And and then maybe talk to us about like are a lot of the owners in the condos also members um, because they can kind of just walk down the hallway. So speak to us about that. Well, certainly the the estate con, a condo project that was next to the Ranchman's Club, it was, um, it was built in the early 80s. And the Ranchman's Club at that time owned that land. So they sold that land off to the estate and built these condos, which are I think are still primarily privately held. There's an incredible partnership between the estate and the Ranchman's Club even to this day. Because um, we share common walls and common spaces in in the infrastructure of the building, but um, ultimately that the capital raised from selling those lands, then did a massive renovation of the club in the early '80s, where they took the interior of the club apart and left the exterior standing, rebuilt all of the plumbing, wiring, etc. in in the interior. Then rebuilt the club back to the boards went where where they were labeled for each part. There, there was even even in the main staircase. There's a creek that has been in that staircase for the last hundred years, and it's still there. The building is 105 years old, I believe now. Wow. The exterior and our windows in the dining room, 
um, and some of the old antique windows are insulated with horsehair around them, which That's I just amazing. love that part what of the story. club. Yeah, so we have this wonderful creaky staircase, and we got horsehair insulated windows, but at the same time, it's a very, very sophisticated and elegant space to be. It is. So, you know, and I know you can't talk a lot about it yet, but this renovation is it's, I think that that's in itself a challenge when you're dealing with such a beautiful piece of history within the city because you want to maintain some of that history, but you also want to renew it. And I remember, you know, the first time I went into the Ranchman's, it really reminded me of like an old Palliser hotel. You know, it's that very traditional, old, but classy, sophisticated type environment. So I'll be very interested to visit it, uh, you know, when it's all done to see what it looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So what is something our listeners would be surprised to know about Dina? Well, you know, it's funny. I looked at this question and I, I've been thinking about that. Good. <laughs> I'm not sure what I would say in that regard. I, um, I think people would know that I'm pretty outdoorsy and athletic and like to do a lot of stuff. What, like what, when you say like outdoorsy and athletic, like if you could, what would your perfect, you know, day off be? What would you be doing outside then? I'd be skiing or biking or hiking or fishing or something like that with my husband or, and or friends and family. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. And would someone describe you as being more calculated or more spontaneous? Oh, a combination of both. Um, definitely when it comes to work and, uh, ran, I'm, I'm a pretty planned out individual in my life. But when there's that moment for spontaneity, I love it. Oh, and good. I think that's often where, and I think through spontaneity, you gain a lot of creativity as well too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amen yeah. to that. So your family has a very deep rooted history within Calgary. Yes. Um, and, you know, if anyone has been in Calgary that long, I mean, the Dixon name is a very prominent business family. You have, your, your family has a lot of business dealings within the city. So Callaway Park being one of them, which I'm going to this Saturday. Yeah. So tell us about your history before, um, you know, being a part of the Ranchman's Club. Um, well, born and raised in Calgary for sure. And uh, spent a lot of time... Um, at our, we were very fortunate to have property outside of the city and on a farm and uh, big time into horses as kids growing up. But my background really is I, I went to university, got a degree and worked in Ottawa for a while and then Vancouver for a while. Ultimately ended up back working in Calgary at Callaway came back and uh, worked there for about 10 years at the park, doing everything from human resources to managing different departments, rides, games, <laughs> etc. And then um, and then I went downtown and worked directly for my dad, running uh, a number of little oil and gas assets that we have and some other business dealings that he had going on. So kind of just jumped in wherever I was needed. Um, and then another big part of things that I've been keeping myself busy with is uh, I got very involved with Calgary Stampede for a long time, uh, ran um, on the Corporate Relations Committee, really enjoyed that. And then I also ended up doing the uh, Candy Cane Gala for oh, the Alberta yes. Children's Hospital Foundation for yeah. a couple of years chairing that, which I think is just an um, incredible event as well. So, um, yeah, I keep myself busy, it I guess, doing like lots of different things. Yeah. Busy. <laughs> yeah. And how many years have you been married? Oh, gosh, we are coming up on... 12. 12 years? Yeah. yeah. And, and are you and your husband similar in the things that you love to do? Yes, I am very fortunate. I married a guy who my husband is just incredible and we love to do stuff together. 
Um, I'm very blessed in that uh, regard. Yeah, I love very, that. very blessed. <laughs> uh, and so what what keeps you up at night? Like when you're, you know, going to bed and you're thinking, like, what are you thinking about, you know, this day and age? Well, I think I worry a lot about people, the people around me, um, the people I care about, I either I love in my family or that I'm worried about either they're working for me or volunteering at the ranchman's or I, I worry about people and, and making sure things go smoothly for everyone around me. That's probably my biggest challenge. I want, I want, um, I want things to operate and, and I want the organizations that I'm involved with to be respectful and, and, and ensuring that the people are taken care of and, yeah, and I think COVID's been a really challenging time for lots of folks, and I'm aware of that. And I think I just, it, it, it's hard to make sure everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I think I wor- I spend a lot of time worrying about how everyone's doing. You worry about other people. Yeah. Yeah. I spend a lot of time worrying about other people. Yeah. Well, I think too, it sounds like, you know, in your life currently, you know, you're married to a great man. You love your career and what you're doing. Your family's doing really well. So when things are better around you, I think it's a natural kind of thing to worry about others yeah right yeah versus worrying about your own needs yeah no my needs are met so it's more it's more the people around me that are that are either our employees or in whatever situation or capacity that they're in that's Mm -hmm. what keeps me up at night Mm -hmm. yeah well I'm sure those people are very happy that you're worrying about them even if they don't know it (laughs) they may not know (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) so what does it mean to you to be elected the first female president of the ranchman's club Oh my gosh. Well, it's a huge honor, like a huge honor. And I was very fortunate to have um, several gentlemen at the club who were past presidents who mentored me and said, Dina, I think, you know, we really want you to do this. We want this to happen. So I, it, it's been a massive honor. It's, um, it's been a challenge. I won't, I won't say otherwise, but that's primarily due to the pandemic. Um, otherwise, the support at the club has been outstanding. You know, I think there's this perception, this age-old perception that the Ranchman's Club is still the old boys' network. But there's five out of nine members on our board are women. We are growing our, our female membership. We have um, golf programs that, you know, everything is open to the women to join and come and be part of it. It's just a matter of knowing that it's available to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just going forward. And when does your tenure end then? And actually ends at like 10 days from now. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, so you're catching me on the table end, tail end, yeah. And so is there already then a new president that has been elected or how does that work? It There is a, a president sort of that has been uh, in, um, identified. We have a fabulously, uh, um, I guess, old-fashioned system that we haven't changed the bylaws or governance rules around yet, but that's something that we'll have to do. But yeah, we have two, there's, the next president has, has been identified at this stage. Yeah. And I, I you know, I'm just thinking, I'm listening, thinking as you're, as you're chatting and I've been thinking, wow, I wonder if she knew if there was a world pandemic, if she would have signed on to be <laughs> the president of the Ranchman's Club. Because that's like, I mean, even in, I'm a part of a, an organization called EO, Entrepreneurial Organization. Yeah. And, you know, a friend of mine was the president and he basically, his tenor started at the beginning of the pandemic. And poor guy, I'm like, he didn't know what he was signing up for. Like, it's a whole different, like there, it's like incredible because you have to try to still find things to do, but you can't see people and you can't, there's all of these 
things have been taken away, but you still want there to be interaction and collaboration and some fun between the members. So I can't imagine what that has been like for you and, and how creative you've had to be. Well, it has been very challenging, no question. But I will say that our, our employees at the Ranchman's Club and our committee management, they you know, we just learn to adapt. I mean, mm. virtual wine tastings, virtual speakers events, um, take out Valentine's dinners, take out Mother's Day. Uh, you know, we've got, and now that we can get back together, but we're not sure, you know, we, we weren't sure what indoors was going to be like. Um, we've got Father's Day on the lawn. We have this wonderful mm. lawn around the clubhouse. So, you know, we've, the, the team at the club has really adapted and, and a ton of takeout opportunities for meals frozen meals especially for some of our more senior members who really utilize the club as a mm-hmm. place to eat especially as you mentioned those individuals living in the estate next door um, if they will they'll just walk right next door to come for several meals and so we just continue to provide that food for our for those folks our kitchen team has just stepped up beyond belief oh, everybody sure. as everybody has yes. during this time yeah well, and as a youngin, you know, um, I have always really enjoyed being in the company of people that are older than me because of the wisdom that they offer. And in fact, your father yeah. um, and a, an old partner of his, I, I actually, they, I always called them my gray-haired advisors. Yeah. And I used to meet with them every Friday, almost every Friday for probably two or three years at either Abruzzo's or Osteria de Michi. Yep. And I used to have lunch with them and I called them my gray-haired advisors. And I was always so honored that I got to learn from them and I'd ask them questions about business and about life. And so I really would encourage anyone who's listening to reach out to you or to the club and look to see what membership is like, whether you're looking to fill a void of, you know, maybe you want to meet some more people, whether you're new to the city or not, whether you're looking at it as a networking or business or opportunity, whether you're, you know, wanting to play bridge or golf or whatever it is. Because the beauty of a club like that is you do um, meet so many people yep. and you meet people that you can really learn from. Absolutely. And it really becomes a community. Yes. For me, it's almost like a second home. So yes. you walk in and you know people. And yeah. that's, a, that's a lovely feeling in mm-hmm. our today's world when we're all so busy. And it's a, an opportunity to slow down, enjoy a cup, a cup of coffee or tea with a friend or a glass of wine. And, um, and it really does become a big part of our, a lot of our members' lives. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure in 10 days from now, the club is going to be really <laughs> sl- sad that you are leaving them. That's uh, not that far away. So, Dina, what do you vow to yourself? Live my best life. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's been my personal motto for a very long time. Live my best life. And whatever that takes to, to do that, whether it's, you know, make more time for working out or outdoors or time with family or friends or or whatever that takes to get to your best life because I think it's different potentially for everybody mm-hmm. and um, but I think that's a really for me that sort of became a real mantra mm-hmm. yeah I love that and we always like to spotlight a charity of choice and ah, yes. there's a lot of really amazing charities locally obviously like I know it's hard to pick one but we always love to ask our guests if you have one that is near and dear to you you know, because of my involvement with the uh, Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation Candy Cane Gala, that's that's my still my go-to is the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation. I'm also very very fond of the YWCA, and I think the work they do there. So those, I, I, you know, you asked for one, but I'm kind of like that's I don't okay. think I can narrow it down to one. So yeah, that's those okay. would be I'll my give two. You two Dina. I'll, I'll give I'm going you for two. two. <laughs> 
that's okay. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm so honored that you came to speak to us today and share with us about a, a beautiful piece of history in Calgary that a lot of people do not know about. And so if you want any information, you can go online and find them at the Ranchman's Club. You, I'm sure Dina's information is on the website or someone there that you can email. Yes, we have a membership perfect, coordinator. Yep. Wonderful. Yep. And I know that they give tours because I had a tour from the member that uh, had introduced me to it a number of years ago. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved and meeting new people and seeing a beautiful, iconic building with horsehairs in the walls, <laughs> the Ranchman's Club is for you. Dina, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for tuning into The Vow, Voice of Women. We truly hope that you've enjoyed today's speaker. We hope that they've inspired you, made you think outside the box, and given you some points that you can apply to your everyday lives. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us. If there's any suggestions you can make or feedback, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in.